Saturday. And on a Friday, I always um, go on the silk, go along the Silk Road to find out what is there in terms of holiday hotspots. And today I am looking at Africa. And I've enlisted the support of two people who can really give me a thorough insight, uh, you know, from their background and traveling experiences. So let me introduce at the moment, Tandy Moyer. And she's in the studio and she's on Facebook Live as well. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon, thanks for having me here. You're very welcome. Now, Tandy, tell me first of all, a little bit about yourself. You've been in Hong Kong for a number of years now. Tell me a little bit about your background. Okay, so I'm from Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. I studied in Zimbabwe basically until like I finished high school. Then I moved to South Africa for university. Mm-hmm. And then I finished my university in 2015. Then I moved to Hong Kong until now. All right. Yeah. And so what are you up to in Hong Kong? What do you go? I'm basically volunteering with a charity organization uh, based in Gold Coast, Toon Moon. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we sort of try to meet the needs of people in need uh, here in Hong Kong and also around the world. Wow. Wow. So what sort of things would you be doing? So we redistribute goods that Mm -hmm. are no longer needed in Hong Kong and we send them out as shipments to like different countries around the world. We've shipped to over 95 countries. Great. But at the same time, we also give back to the local community. So 50% of our work does go back to the Hong Kong community. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, you're in as my expert here um, <laughs> about, you know, travelling in Africa. So tell me, what kind of experiences do you have? Because I know um, I was reading about you and you have actually taken a number of students back and you've shown them around and stuff. Yeah. So tell me about that. Okay, so I would say this project actually originated from here in Hong Kong because mm-hmm. in 2014 I came here as a study, honest study exchange trip Mm -hmm. and I spent like six months in Hong Kong then during the time I made friends and they told me how much of interest they had to like visit Africa like any part of Africa then I was like okay well Hong Kong U does provide like some subsidies for like student travels and stuff then I partnered with a friend then we did start this project where we take students back to Zimbabwe and South Africa just to travel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how we sort of started. And the first trip, we had about eight students who joined from different universities here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And we traveled for one month. So wow. it was Quite in Zimbabwe. Like we spent uh, three weeks in Zimbabwe and one week in South Africa. Okay, and yeah. and some of those photographs um, are actually on my Facebook page. So if you go over to it, you can see some amazing photographs and some of the students who are actually on this trip. Yes. So now, in terms of you know um, this, you know, I always look at the Silk Road and think, okay, these are places to go. So what would you say? Like now, you're from Zimbabwe. So if somebody was going to go and visit, is that the place that you're looking at in terms of you know a holiday destination, possibly? Okay, yes, Zimbabwe definitely, yeah. since I'm from there and I'm yeah. very familiar with most of the places in Zimbabwe because I did travel quite a lot in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. But um, I've also had the chance to travel to other countries within Southern Africa. So I've been to, like, I lived in South Africa for three years. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to Swaziland, which is now known as Kingdom of Eswatini. I've traveled to Mozambique. I've traveled to Tanzania. I've traveled to Malawi. Wow. So. I am super keen to like taking people to those places because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about traveling in Africa. Like people assume there's war everywhere and it's not safe. Yeah. But from experience wise, not that just I fit into the societies that I travel in since I'm black, but 
there's uh, so many places that you can go to that are pretty safe and almost like Hong Kong where you can just come and travel even at night you can walk around mm. so I do hope to take students to or take people to there's different countries that I'm quite familiar with, but also wanting to expand to like places like Kenya because they have like such diverse cultures and also interesting things that you can explore from that side. That's fantastic. I mean, you're right. You know, people suddenly think, oh, no, I can't go to Africa because it's not safe and things like that. Yes. But, but a lot of it is kind of, I suppose, generated through the media and then people just then don't go. Mm. But um, but the, and there are some amazing sites. There's yeah. a beautiful landscape. There, amazing. There? Amazing. So, you know, what uh, which area would you say like even within Zimbabwe I mean Zimbabwe is a big place yes um, what would you say what would you recommend if somebody was going to make a trip to Zimbabwe where's the best place to go and what is there to see that I always recommend Victoria Falls okay it's one of the best highlights in Zimbabwe I would say like the waterfalls is just amazing and you get to like stand right at the edge of the waterfall which feels like it's a terrifying feeling but mm -hmm. at the same time it's very exciting and also like we close to where i'm from like i'm from the down south of zimbabwe we've got uh, a national ru ruin sort of place so it's an old um i'll say kingdom where like our ancestors used to live oh, right it's uh, stone built mm -hmm. without mortar so it's quite strong it is survived like for such a long time and it's one place where you just go and see all these architectural buildings that wow. are there and it's just amazing great so Gosh. like those are some of the places i always recommend people right. but the most uh defining experience i would say is visiting the villages within zimbabwe like it's just a very interesting and mm. also like one of the most heartfelt yeah i, was, I suppose the people yeah. would be very welcoming and that there's not many visitors who are probably going yes, to these places definitely and also like is it just gives you that raw uh experience like where there's no electricity in the villages there's no like access to water easily you have to go find your own water you have to like use a light stick or a candle or a torch mm -hmm. to go about mm -hmm. so it's like one of those experiences you just want people to go through because if you're living in a city like hong kong you have electricity everywhere like you have access to everything at your at the tip yeah. of your fingers yeah. so just to have that cultural experience that is completely different from something you've grown around sure. i think that's one of the best experiences you could ever have in life and i think it's important for people when they do visit other countries certainly to absorb themselves into the surroundings that they are in because yes. you see too many people i think the british are probably quite guilty of this where they go to some places and they think oh i need to do this i need to do this and i need mm -hmm. to eat this kind of food not this kind of food so you can't do that you have to really absorb yourself into that's the environment true. that yeah. you're in but that sounds that sounds amazing now um you know generally with Africa you you also think that the you know the climate when is the best time to say go to Zimbabwe like this because I assume it's kind of quite hot all the way all the year round really isn't it um not exactly we do have the four seasons so we do have rainy seasons then summer winter and autumn so I would suggest like visiting during summertime Mm -hmm. it, it is hot but then you can survive is it a dry heat or a humid it's dry heat in some i would say in southern africa it's mostly dry hot mm -hmm. then in certain places it's quite there's humidity mm -hmm. but um 
just avoiding going on during rainy seasons because the roads in some places they're not well constructed so it would be very hard to go about like traveling around there's a lot of mud mm. your car might get stuck in the mud so which is the, kind when of is the rain? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. when is the rainy season then when's um, the kind of i'll say it's between november and march okay but then our summer here in hong kong it's winter time back in places like zimbabwe basically in southern africa so it's winter time so that's the best time to visit it's not very very cold it's just the temperature what kind of temperatures are we talking about then in zimbabwe i would say the average would go up to 15 okay 15 degrees pretty comfortable yeah pretty right. comfortable so it's really good to visit during that time you don't have to wear like big coats and okay. also like with the walking around and just seeing so many places you get hot so it's quite easy to travel during summer holiday in Hong Kong, but it's winter back in Southern Africa. All right. Yes. Okay. And now in terms of, um, we've thought some of the places to see. Now, are there any kind of, um, not low lights as such, but things that you think culturally you need to be aware of if you're visiting? But because, because you mentioned that, you know, being black, then you are part, you know, you kind of blend in, it's fine. But obviously yeah. other people who are going along, they might be a little bit self-conscious about things. So is there any particular things we should be aware of? Um, yes. So in terms of cultural norms, the way we do it here in Hong Kong, where I can call you by your first name, even if you're older than me, it's fine. But mm -hmm. back in like most African countries, um, well, just to mention, uh, there's 54 countries in Africa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that, right? <laughs> yeah. So you... And each is, I suppose, different in its own way, isn't it? It's yeah. very different. Like yeah. Africa is very diverse, yeah. like cultures, languages, Absolutely. and all. It's very different. But just to mention in terms of cultural norms, so you don't call your elders or like your friends' parents by their first names. You have to address them as Mr. Moyo mm -hmm. or Mr. Something or Mrs. Something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you always have to address using the surname of the person so there's a certain respect there that yes. right. and also like another thing that i would say in low lights is uh dress code uh -huh. at times like if you visit i talked about going to villages and stuff if you visit certain villages they require girls not to wear shorts mm -hmm. or pants mm -hmm. it can be like jeans long pants and stuff okay they don't so really, modesty yeah modesty wise so they usually want people to wear dresses or to identify you as this as, kind of as a female yes as such and i suppose just being careful i mean uh, you can w uh, wear revealing things or is that something maybe modesty is a bit more uh revealing it's okay as long as it's not too much okay yeah so okay. i guess it, you just have to learn it's by just seeing about etiquette isn't yeah it, really? and also like just learn by seeing people around so you can even travel without so many clothes uh -huh. you just need to like go with what you're wearing and you can always buy let's say in the place where you're visiting it's quite cheap if you yeah, go to the market the and stuff so it saves you in terms of like just carrying unnecessary stuff so okay it's All good right. to that's brilliant i think our other guest is here but what we'll do is we'll make sure that we bring him on to after the news as well so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go over to some music so i can bring my guest in <laughs> and we will come back with both of them just after two o'clock as well all right Quite appropriate, really. Now, I'm back with my guest, and Ali Usman is here. Good afternoon to you. How are you? 
Good, good afternoon. Good. It might have been a mistake on time-wise. We, we'll have to figure it out. But don't worry, we are going to talk a little bit more too after the two o'clock news as well. Now, Ali, thank you very much for coming into the studio. Tell me, Ali, tell me a little bit about your background and how you're, you ended up in Hong Kong. Uh, my background is like I'm from Chad, is uh, Central Africa, and then mostly half of a desert. So I came in Hong Kong by China, and then since three years right now, mm-hmm. and then I'm started studying, and then I met Mr. Innocent, like with him, and then <laughs> um, he introduced me to African Center, and then we started to go to the different universities mm-hmm. and to do to talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh-huh. So we engage with students, different students from CUHK, Hong Kong U. You, the other universities, to give talk and then to present them about Africa and to present them about like uh, cultures, cultural sensitivities, mm. those kind of things. Mm. And then, yeah, that's how Hong Kong become really interesting place to me. And you've obviously travelled extensively through Africa too, so we're going to be tra- talking about that later. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let me just go back to my guest, Tandy. Tandy, we were talking about. Um, you know, some of the cultural um, things that we need to be aware of, obviously. But there were any yeah. other things, obviously, in terms of how you dress and stuff, anything else that people should be aware of if they're going to Zimbabwe, for instance? Um, not really, but I would say back to the villages because I love the experiences in the villages. They're raw, like I said, they're more like the real stuff for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in some villages, they would suggest that uh, the elders eat first so you don't pick a plate okay or you don't like start eating before the elders start eating so okay. just noting that yeah right. but it's something that's definitely changing like with the new generations sure. and all but yeah sure okay that's one thing and to and to run down let's just kind of finally go through a couple of things is it quite expensive going out there and what would you suggest in terms of is it good for couples or families or what would you suggest uh, Expenses-wise, I would say it's quite affordable. Mm-hmm. Like uh, flight-wise, they start from five thousand five hundred Hong Kong going up. Mm-hmm. But I would say a rough budget that someone should have is basically between twenty thousand and thirty thousand Hong Kong dollars, and it depends on how long you want to stay. So that would be probably between two weeks and four weeks mm-hmm. so depending also on how you spend mm-hmm. like splashing your money some people yeah. love shopping and all which is good like you good prom- shopping. yeah you're promoting businesses especially if you f- visit like markets mm-hmm. you always find these artisans who have like their sculptures and other things like in markets and also it's quite interesting to visit those places and in terms of uh who can travel like couples, individuals and stuff, I would say anyone basically, you can travel by yourself, you can travel as a group, you can travel with your family, it's quite safe to do that. But uh, I would say like um, Ali mentioned through the Africa Center Hong Kong, like we hoping to like start arranging like group travels for people, like if people want to get, because it's always something that I say, have someone who's from the local background that you want to travel to, know Mm -hmm. someone from the ground because it's much easier to get around you don't have to like start planning or oh, how am i going to go to this place because in certain places 
transportation is not as easy unless if you hire a car. Is it easy to get somebody to drive you around and things? Definitely, yeah. yeah. You can find someone compared to can, public transport. Compared well. to public transport, but also it's something that's very interesting to use public transport. Then you understand, <laughs> like in Hong Kong, <laughs> my friends that I went with back to Zimbabwe, like one thing they kept saying, they're like, oh my gosh, that's, people are not always on time, which is basically like. So, is there a thing as. Um, you know, I, I know that certainly within sort of India and Pakistan and stuff, there's this set thing about Indian uh, Indian timing. <laughs> like that. So I know that, like, you know, if I've invited somebody for dinner at, like, 8 o'clock yeah. and then they stroll in at about 9.30, it's, it's yeah. kind of normal, that, isn't it's it? It's very normal. Like, people take their time, but yeah. still, you know, they'll make an effort to, to make it no matter what. So okay. it doesn't matter <laughs> if it's on time or as long as they make it. That's okay. the most important so, thing. So maybe you should work on this basis that the time that you give people you just give them a, a kind of longer longer time so you know that if you say two o'clock you really mean one o'clock but best to say that yes yes definitely <laughs> okay. now i'm actually not going to put a track on i'm going to go right through till two o'clock because i want to also ask you i'm going mm -hmm. to be speaking to ali just after the two o'clock news ali so um, that's why i'm sitting there letting okay. you sit like right. that <laughs> but um because i know that you have to go off back to work um now tell me about the food what kind oh, of food wow. have we got like you have about a minute and a half <laughs> to tell okay, me a little food. bit about food let me start with the story. So when I went with my friends to Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. we went to the villages and when we got there, my grandmother, because we homestayed, so we're staying at my house, all crashing into like one big room and sleeping in the same room, which was quite an experience. Mm -hmm. But back on track with the story, we saw like there were five chickens in a box. Uh -huh. So they were like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I've never seen a live <laughs> chicken and stuff like that. Then I know two or three days, they're like, Grandma, how come there's two chickens missing? Did you notice three other chickens are missing? <laughs> Apparently, they didn't realize. The chicken, they've been commenting like, oh, my gosh, it tastes so good. Uh -huh. It was actually the chickens they were eating. Right. So, so it's pretty food, fresh food we're talking here. Fresh food, here. organic, I would say, and it's also cheap. And what's one particular thing that's really specific to that area that, that you can eat, which is great? Um... I would say chicken and what we call saza, like which is like corn powder mashed into like something like a, uh, some something like mashed potatoes, mm. and you just eat it with like stewed chicken or with vegetables mm -hmm. and any. And, and on else. the sweet side, what would you look for? Sweet side, we have sugar cane, so you can actually eat raw sugar cane from the farms. Oh, Co lovely! Yes, that's good they for your teeth too, isn't it? Definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the top highlight for you then, you've got 20 seconds, 40 seconds, 30 seconds to tell me what your top highlight then. Top highlight is the people. Okay. They are amazing, loving, welcoming, gentle, helpful. Oh, that sounds lovely. I, I guess, like, I've never, well, I have come across very nice people, but I feel like back home people are much more nicer. Oh, yeah. that's nice. So that's great. So those are the top tips for Zimbabwe. Thank you very much for coming in today. Ali, I'm going to speak to you just after the news and we just have a couple of things to do and then I will talk to you and I will get all the information from you. Eight minutes past two and it's the one, two, three show with you. And I continue uh, on the Silk Road now because Ali Usman is here. I didn't let him speak too much when Tandy was here. Good afternoon again to you, Ali. Good afternoon. Um, now, um, tell me, you actually have traveled extensively across uh, the, you know, African, obviously, and you speak a number of languages as well. So you've got French, Arabic, Guran, which is your local dialect from, your, from the desert, and also um, a bit of Cantonese. 
Right. Wow. So now, tell me, which area of Africa are we going to be talking about now? We're going to talk about mostly center, north, west, and east. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't have this chance to be in deep, like uh, in the south, mm -hmm. because at a time I can't speak English. So right now I'm so excited. One day we'll go back again. Right. Of course, sooner as possible, and then to go travel around also the south of Africa. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So what are the what are the highlights? Where should where should you go specifically? I mean it's a big place isn't it? So which area would you say specifically people should try and visit? Um, the reality is like the Sahara Desert is mm -hmm. really big. Yeah. It's, it's crossing a lot of countries especially in the center and in the north but usually people they don't go to Africa because of you know what's happening in the media and they don't do much researches and they don't have like uh, enough knowledge about it mm -hmm. but actually the Sahara this is very huge and amazing mm -hmm. and it has a lot of oases so people mostly they go to North America desert or Dubai desert but they didn't really explore the yeah, Sahara yeah. desert right. but actually the Sahara desert is really unique and so amazing so if people they want to travel there, I suggest them to go really to Sahara Desert. And then, like, same as people when they think about Africa, the, the first thing that comes in their mind is the animals. Mm -hmm. So usually the animals, they think about, like, uh, those big parks. And mostly it's Kenya or Tanzania or, you know, savannah, those kind of places. But actually in the Santa as well, there is a huge savannah. And then also, like, there is a lot of animals there. Same like um, in the Sahara Desert. Right. Because I suppose we just have this sort of image of the Sahara. We just think it's a complete desert. There's nowhere. How are you going to live there? How are you going to go there? But it is okay. You can go there. You can stay there. And it's no right. Problem. Actually, there is people there. It's mm -hmm. not empty as you think. Yeah. The Sahara is like when you... Um, you hear about Sahara, your thing is dry yeah. and nothing is there, but it's not this untrue. Uh -huh. So these people are specifically living in Sahara Desert and there's a lot of oases and also people they are traveling different places. I can take an example. For example, in Sahara Desert, there's some places you can find a water just when you dig around less than 20 centimeters. Mm -hmm. Oh, or right. So you can find water. You can then. find water wow. easily. Some places, it okay. depends. Okay. But some of the places you need to take the water before to go there. Uh -huh. So the local people, they will explain it to you specifically how the life in the desert should be. And now you're going to follow their instructions, so you will be fine, actually. Right. And then, for example, people in Chad Desert, mm -hmm. Libya Desert, uh, Niger Desert, Nigeria also part of it. Mm -hmm. You have Morocco, Algeria, until you go to um, even like uh, Tombuktu in Mali. Mm -hmm. So all those places, they have mainly similarity of culture. Right. Because it's, it's desert. So they adapt about the life of the desert. So their life also is very, very similar. Mm. And all of them, mostly they actually have a, lo a lot of camels. Actually, the biggest camels is in Australia. Right, okay. Yeah. So the first in the country in the world have a lot of camels. Actually, it's my country, it's Chad. Right. The second one is Somalia. And then you have some couple countries, then Australia. When oh. you think about camel people, they think Australia has the most. But actually, it's not. Okay. Even the Arab world, they don't have really 
a lot of commerce as Somalia and Chad or you Libya's some, places. You, you sent me some great photographs of, uh, and there are some camels in there. So if somebody wants to go to my Facebook page, you can see some amazing photographs that you sent. Are these all your photographs that you've sent, these ones that you have taken and things like that? This from uh, from my country, from yeah, Chad. Amazing pictures. I didn't take it by myself, actually. Yeah. But friends sent it to me. Yeah, they to me. So, so mm. then, now we know that the desert is not, like, is, is somewhere that you can actually visit. So is there a specific time of the year that's best time to go, for instance? Um, specifically in the year. Ask If I can take an example. So the desert in the night mainly is very, very cold. The temperature drop mm. minus zero, mm. usually minus nine or 12. Gosh. In the daytime, actually, it's, go, it's, it's going boiling. until specifically between two and three so this, the temperature is going to be around, I can say, 45 degrees. Gosh, such a but, drastic difference. But it's so different if you compare to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a humid place. Yeah. You're feeling comfortable when, it, when, when the weather is, cold, is hot. But there is not the, it's not the same things because oh. there is still a wind, but the wind is, is a bit dry. So we call it a musong and harmatan, those two different climates changing the weather there. Okay, so it's not incredibly uncomfortable, although it's quite high temperatures. Exactly. And in the night, how do you deal with that sort of cold temperature? There are, uh, people are equipped to deal with that in terms of lots of, I suppose, warm clothes and things like that. So basically, you need really a very, um, you know, a specific clothes, not a specific clothes, but just a clothes that can protect you from, from the, uh, the cold water. Mm -hmm. So you, you need to take extra clothes when you're going there. Mm -hmm. So you can use these clothes in the night, but you don't need them in the daytime. Okay, well, that's one thing about traveling. And in terms of um, people when they go out there, is it good Like, is it good for, for couples or families? What would you say in terms of, um, you know, if you're, if you're planning a holiday, is it suited to all the families? It's suitable for all kind. For families, for single, it's mm -hmm. always suitable. At the same time, it's really, the people there, they are very, very welcome. Mm -hmm. For example, I can take some places between like uh, Chad, Niger, Mali, or Nigeria, even Cameroon, Central African Republic, even you go all the way to Tanzania. There is places that people, they call them by the place of welcome. Yeah, because a you huge amount cities. of hosp hospitality exactly. there, isn't there? The culture is They are so open, such. the culture. The That's culture right. naturally is already open. So also, as Tandy, she mentioned before, mm -hmm. just you need to aware of some... Yeah, I was going to ask you about the cultural exactly. things that you need to be aware of. Exactly. What? So, but people, they are very welcome. For example, even in my country, Chad, the capital called Anjamena. So Anjamena means, it's actually Arabic words. Mm -hmm. Anjamena means we, we are resting. Mm -hmm. We are taking rest. Mm -hmm. So most of the cities actually is linked with dialect local languages, but at the same time mean that something about hospitality. Yeah, I think hospitality is big. Yes. Very much so. Just within, I suppose, the sort of Islamic culture too, that the hospitality is very high up on the list, isn't it? Exactly. So now, in terms of expense, like, is it a reasonably okay country to go to, to it's not, it's affordable? What do you mean by affordable? Affordable as in it's not too expensive when you're out there eating and staying in places. I suppose it all depends on what you want to do and where you want right. to stay, doesn't it? Right. But uh, compared to the food, yeah. honestly, it's really cheap compared okay. to the, uh, specifically uh, booming countries, international places mm -hmm. like Hong Kong is too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. For example, a frozen 
chicken here in Hong Kong, you can find around seventy-five dollar mm-hmm. or forty-five dollar at least. Mm-hmm. Is this is frozen? Yeah. But there, actually, the fresh one in life is just maybe twenty dollar, yeah. twenty Hong Kong dollar. Yeah, yeah. The whole sheep, you can buy a sheep, a mutton. I mean, like a sheep, it's just five hundred dollar. It's too expensive, uh, too cheap actually. <laughs> yeah, compared to like when you think that it's expensive, it's yeah. not expensive actually. Okay, it's very affordable. But the the reality is, in Africa, inside Africa, traveling by airplane is expensive. Mm-hmm. And how about public transport? Is there any? Uh, you know, obviously you can hire drivers or something like that. But public transport? Any? You can if you have if you want to have really a nice or like something amazing about exploring the place better you take uh, the public transport mm-hmm. actually the public transport in to some get a feel of the environment yes exactly yes. you feel the people excuse with the car and yeah. then you share actually sometimes you share the, tra- the public transport uh-huh. and it's not expensive it's very very cheap kind of like i can say two dollar two hundred dollar okay so okay. you go to the places and then but if you want to ha- like to rent a whole car so there's a the companies they can hire for you, but it's also with the driver, it's around five hundred dollar or six hundred dollar. So it's all very for reasonable. full day, actually. That's right, which is yeah. fantastic. It's, it's not expensive. So, so the highlights in terms of um, which specific areas or places do you think people must see? Like in that area that you're talking about, what would you say in your mind? You have to go and see this. Or the oasis. The way oasis in the Sahara Desert, the, fir- the, f- the first first things you can see it in your eyes, and you can going to blow up is is the oasis. It's too amazing. Some of the oasis they have two water differently uh-huh. in the oasis. Imagine uh-huh. you see one oasis, but the water can't even match. Okay. So this is it sounds really, like a little kind of a segment of paradise just in the middle middle uh, of the yeah, desert. Yeah, middle of the nowhere, and then there is wow. water and surrounded by by garden and mm-hmm. then some trees, and then when you see the other places all dry, but you see the oasis, you you you're going to amaze. You're going to be really amazed, and then you see different animals come around. You see different birds, and even people they come with the uh, like with different animals or camels. They come to the around the oasis. There's always life. How long do you reckon you need to do, um, you know, uh, a reasonable, okay tour of sort of the areas that you're talking about? Do you need a couple of weeks, a week, maybe? It's, um, it also depends. Some people, they prefer something very fast, so you can take the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want to do it like very fast, so you can take the car. So I, I can say two weeks. It's enough yeah, which for, is great. for like to explore the it's place. Relaxed. Okay, now I ha- have to ask you before we um, stop here uh, about the food. Tell me right. what are the highlights? What is your favorite thing? What should people be looking for in the food? Oh, wow. The foods there. Apart from the fact that the chickens and the mutton and everything. Exactly. Great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I right. assume a lot so, of it. The food, I can say, let me take one food that you can find all along around Africa. So, for example, <clears throat> There is one dish. It's called it uh, atike mm-hmm. in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and then this food in Mali they call it chep, mm-hmm. and in my country they call it surundu. Mm-hmm. So mostly they are the same dishes. It's just a bit the same dish but a bit differently, okay. but they are all similar. Okay. Just a bit changed with the, you know people they are migrating and they are moving. Okay. So this dish is a bit special. So. They have like kind of history. People they like to eat, and then the others can I and can say. And what's this dish made of? What is it? Um, they made of uh, they call it like pigeon. Uh huh. 
uh, they call uh, from pigeon with fries and then also some like a uh, flowers different okay. things they, so they do it together the different herbs and then at least i can say you can mix up around eight to nine different like uh you know ingredients mm -hmm. or 12 you mm -hmm. can go it's really and high is the palate like is it is the food sort of spicy is it tend does it tend to be quite like the chili in it or is it quite mild it depends from your request okay if you want to okay. have it so spicy, you can have so it they can do for you spicy okay if you want to have no spicy so they do it for you no okay. spicy and generally like it's uh, it's okay to eat out because i know in some countries you have to be quite careful about eating food outside and things like that but it's it's safe you don't get any problems with your tummy it depends on where you go really yeah it depends it's different for example like i remember when uh when i was the i am traveling with people from Switzerland and France around the country. They don't know about the culture, right? Mm. So, but for example, um, in places like kind of like Ni uh, Niger and Chad, you can't eat alone. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. Even in, uh, in restaurant outside. Mm -hmm. So when you're going on the street, you still want to eat. Even you don't know one, no one in the restaurant, you <laughs> okay. go in, you have to sit with someone. Okay. So if That's you see nice. people there eating, you just join them. You don't need to know them even. Okay. You just sit and then you eat. Even if you don't join them, they will call you. Right. Oh, come here. Oh, you can nice. eat and continue straight away to eat with them and then to order your food. Wow. This is like, um, this is the way they do. So it's one of the cultural sensitivity when I came to Hong Kong. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, you um, sit with other people, but you don't right. share their food. <laughs> <laughs> there, when someone invited you, you don't need to pay. You don't do anything. You just eat and go. Okay. But here, when they invite you to eat, you have to pay also yeah. half of it. I say, what the? You're inviting me. Why am I going to pay? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, quite, a, that's yeah. quite an interesting aspect, actually, because certainly in some of the cultures, it is like that, that it's quite an insult if you invite somebody for a meal and then you, then you say, okay, we're going to go Dutch here. You can yeah, pay sure, half of it. Yeah, sure. Half, so half. That is, that is just unknown in some cultures. Yeah, and, and it's a real right. insult, isn't it? When you think, hang on, you invited me for dinner? <laughs> and then you want me to pay too? Oh, that's what do you mean? <laughs> That's lovely. Certainly, if you're traveling around, it's a lovely thing to have to be able to sort of meet people and, and learn about the culture. Is it, it, would language be a problem? Obviously, if you can't speak any of the, if you're not speaking French or Arabic and, and the local language, can you get by with English? Will you be um, all right? Specifically, Central Africa and West Africa, they have a lot of dialects. Mm -hmm. I can say mostly nearly 200 mm -hmm. for each country, actually. Nigeria itself, they have nearly... 200, like 100 over. Mm. Chad, they have mm. also 200, nearly 200. Wow. Central African Republic as well. So when you talk about the local languages, you just need something, uh, one language that everyone speak. Mm -hmm. So the official languages, many of the Central Afri African countries and the West countries, they speak French and Arabic language. Right. In the North, they, mo they all speak Arabic already. Some they speak French and some they speak English. So in the South, they speak mainly English and their local dialects okay. as well. Okay. So, but what is sure, if you can speak French, Arabic, English, so you can travel you can mostly in Africa sure. easily and then you can have easily com easy conversation and you can interact with the people easily. Well, that's amazing. That's great. Right. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And I really do think um, you must go to my Facebook page and look at some of those photographs. Seriously, they are amazing. Um, Ali, thank you very much for coming into the studio today. And it's, it's been lovely pleasure. talking to you. And I do hope that, you know, people can put this on their, on their bucket list and think, yeah, we've got to go to Africa. Thank right. you ever so much. Amazing.